It's always an honor to get to share the word here. And if you're tuning in, just be with us for a few moments. You might be new to church. We're so glad you could connect with us. We love to worship our God. We love to sing. Though we can't sing in person, this is pre-recorded, so it's okay. Um, But it's great to connect with you this morning. And this year, we've got a theme verse of 3 John verse 2, which is, I pray that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. The theme for this year is health matters. And this morning, I really want to speak about a health matter about I don't really know how I would call it. I was thinking about I could call the message forget me not or do not forget or lest we forget. Because really this morning I want to preach a message based out of Psalm 103. And I was torn between reading just a few verses or reading the whole thing because it is a fairly lengthy psalm. But as I was preparing for this, I I couldn't find a way to stop reading because it's so inspiring to me that I'm going to read the whole Thing And that's good news for everyone, because if you're new to church or you've never experienced church, normally if it's a long Bible reading, it means that it'll be a short message this morning. But I'm going to read now from Psalm 103 from the New American Standard Bible. The words will come up on the screen where you're watching from. But it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul. And do not forget any of his benefits. Who pardons all your guilt. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with favor and compassion. Who satisfies your years with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always contend with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our guilty deeds. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. And as far as the east, which is technically that way, is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our form, he is mindful that we are nothing but dust. As for man, his days are like grass, like a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more, and its place no longer knows about it. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting for those who fear him. And his justice to the children's children. To those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts so as to do them. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens. And his sovereignty rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his angels, you who serve him and do his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his, that's you and that's me, and all the places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, my soul.
to provide a little bit of context to this psalm, it's written by King David and most biblical scholars or historians accept that it was written later in his life. He's older and he's coming to it. It's the twilight of his life and he's writing this psalm to them and he's writing it and it's almost like he's He's trying to worship God, but he feels like he's not worshiping enough. So he's trying to talk to his soul, you know, his soul, his emotions, his feelings, his weary body, his weary life. And he's trying to say, come on, soul, bless the Lord. Worship harder, worship more, come on, soul. And I always, almost think that he's kind of writing this as a reminder, not only to himself, but he's trying to remind those coming after him about how we need to bless the Lord, oh my so don't forget any of his benefits. So I was researching what it meant, like what is a benefit defined to, and it was defined as to gain a profit or to have an advantage of. An advantage basically just means that you have a place of not superiority, but you've got access to stuff that others maybe don't. When you have the benefit of something. It's a good thing. I don't know about you, but I have benefits cards for just about everything. If there's a free card going, I'll take it. I'm a, I'm a member of the Hilton Honours Club. Now that might sound posh and fancy, but all it really meant is I signed up to a free email address and I get discount. I've ever only ever stayed in a Hilton hotel once in my life because it was cheaper than it was to stay anywhere else. But I have an Odeon and a Cineworld Pass that allows me, I pay money and then I get free cinema effectively as often as I want. It's technically not free because I bought my pass. But some of us might have gym memberships or you might have Tesco club cards, nectar points, bonus like uh, Radisson cards, buzzwords. We've all got these different things that we maybe sign up for. I mean, I've got Amazon Prime, you might have Netflix, you might have Disney Plus, you might have who knows what you subscribe to. But the reality is the reason we sign up for these benefits things are because normally the benefits outweigh the cost. Like nobody would pay for Netflix or Amazon Prime if it costs, you know, £5,000 a month. Like you wouldn't, the benefits aren't worth it. Whereas when you look at the benefits and the cost, you realize if the benefits outweigh the cost, then of course I'll sign up. And most of the things I sign up for are free. We are... Heather and I, we shop at Tesco, not because we think Tesco's better, other supermarkets are available, but because we get club card points. And I remember a few weeks ago, we were um, going shopping, and I can't remember why, because normally I'm the one who does the shopping, and Heather does the dishes, that's the deal we made, because Heather really hates going shopping, and I don't really mind it. I don't particularly mind doing the dishes, but if I don't have to do them, that's better. But we went to, Heather had went shopping, and if you shop at Tesco, you'll know, they have like club card member only prices. So something might cost X amount of money. But then if you're a club card member, you get it for like discount. As long as you bring your club card. So Heather went in and she got all this shopping and she got to the checkout. And she had forgot her club card. So therefore she had to pay the full price for all of these items that she only picked up because she didn't bring her club card. And I don't say that to embarrass her. But in that moment, the cost of the stuff wasn't actually worth it because she didn't have her membership cat. You see, the reason I say that story is to try and make it real that we all have benefits in life that we enjoy. Some cost more than others. But as I was preparing this, I was thinking about King David and I'm quite a visual person so I, I like to read the Bible and try and picture myself in that moment. I like to 
picture of what David would have been doing and I'm thinking of, in my head, I think David was probably sitting in his palace somewhere. He's probably sitting, not quite in a castle, but he's probably sitting in the room that he would go to write or the, the, the room he would go to just spend time alone. And, and I don't know for sure, so I'm only presenting an idea here. Please don't take this as gospel, but I believe it could be true. And I believe that David was sitting here in this moment in the quiet place. And he just begins to write, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Come on, let's just worship him, David. Let's, come on. And he's probably having this nostalgia moment as he's later on in his life and his twilight. And he's just beginning to look back at his life. And he begins to see how God moved in his life all the way through these. He begins to look back and see God's faithfulness all through his life. And he just begins to start writing these words, these incredible words for the psalm. And his soul is getting more and more worked up as he remembers the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And I can't help but think that when he's writing about he heals all my diseases, there's a time in Psalm 32 where King David writes about how sick he was, how his body was so weak and he was so done in and he was so ill. But then he talks about how God healed him. And so he's probably remembering that time when he was sick and God healed him and he's just beginning to worship God and saying, God, thank you so much for your healing power. I don't know if you're listening to this right now, but if you've ever experienced the healing power of God, I want you right now to just begin to worship him. Just begin to thank God. Remember that time when God healed you and give him honor and glory right now, whether you're in your car or whether you're watching at home, put it in the comments. Don't do that if you're driving, but just begin to worship God right now and thank him for his benefits that came from the healing that he provided you with. You know, I'm thinking about David and he then goes on to talk about he was crowned with favor and compassion and I think maybe David was thinking about that time in 1 Samuel chapter 16 where the prophet Samuel comes to David's town and he's coming to appoint a new king and David's forgotten about by his own family. He's out in the sheep looking after the sheep. His own dad didn't even think he was worth calling for. And, I, and he's sitting there and David then comes and they're all waiting for David because how could it be David? But the Lord had saw David and in that moment Samuel anointed this shepherd boy that nobody wanted, that nobody thought about, who was an afterthought in everyone else's eyes. And Samuel anointed him to be the future king of Israel. If we read in first chapter, first Samuel 17, we then find this poor shepherd boy goes to battle and defeats a giant. And I'm picturing David sitting in his study, remembering how God crowned him with favor and how God crowned him with compassion and how David was able to just navigate his way through life with the hand of God on it. And David is in this study, just beginning to get worked up to a frenzy, saying, oh God, I just want to bless you. I just want to worship you. And I just want to say thank you, God, for your benefits, for your favor, and for your goodness, and for your compassion. I bet you David's thinking about the time when Saul, the current king, wanted to kill him. And three times David had the opportunity to kill Saul, but David refused. Why? Because that's God's anointed and chosen one. The compassion that David showed, because God had filled his life with compassion and with favor and God had protected him in so many times and I picture David's writing these and he's writing and he's writing and he's writing and he's writing and his soul is just going I have to remember the benefits of God because I have to worship him and worship him because 
Whenever you've experienced the favor of God in your life, you have no choice but to worship him. You've got no choice but to give him all of the glory. If, you've, if you're at home watching this and you've ever experienced God's favor, if you've ever experienced God's provision and his goodness, right now, wherever you are, I just want you to start worshiping him. I just want you to start saying, God, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful that you provide. I'm so thankful that you crown my life with goodness. I'm so glad that you crown my life with compassion and with favor because you are high favored for those who are in Christ and I picture David right in this and I remember when Heather and I a few years ago we were getting married and we were looking to buy a house and many of you may know this story but if you don't I remember we had been in a life group and we weren't married yet so we were looking to buy a house we were getting married and we were doing a, a, a series in our life group called The Circle Maker and we really we're inspired and we had this faith to believe that God could do something and that God would do something. And so we'd circled this house and we had all these intimate details that we wanted for our house to be. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we were full of faith. I mean, it was probably quite dumb looking back on it. There was a naivety about us that we just believed that God could, but not just that he could, but that he would do something. And we began to pray and we prayed and we prayed. And every door that we looked at just seemed to slam shut, to be honest. Every house was too expensive or we just, there was something about it that just wasn't for us. But there was a house that we, was on the market for about seven to eight months. And if you'd read the home report, you would have probably knocked the building down and just rebuilt it, to be honest, if you'd read the home report. And so eventually we didn't even consider it, it wasn't even in our sphere of our mind, but we looked at a house in air because it came to the point where we thought, well, we, better, we need a house, so we need to look somewhere. But we had been suckling this idea that we wanted a house in Presby and God would provide and God could provide and we went to see that house and it had everything that we wanted in a house, but it wasn't in Presswick. The worst part is it was like 10 yards into air, so it was close to Presswick, but it wasn't. And I remember we left this house and we both just had this burden of, but it's not Presswick. We believed that God could and we believed that God would do this. And we've been saying this and saying it and saying it. And so we didn't go for that house. And eventually we came to this house that you would knock it down if you read the home report. And we went to view it and we realized, well, the structure of the building's okay. It needs a little bit of work. And to cut a very, very long story short, we now live in a house that we got for less than we suckled for and it has everything that we wanted. Why? I don't say that because I think that we are brilliant, but we had just enough faith to believe that God wants to favor us, that God wants to bless us, and that he has compassion for us. And I tell you that story because if God can do it for us, he can do it for you. So wherever you are, please don't forget the benefits of being part of God's family. God has crowned our life with favor. He's the good, good father, and he has crowned our life with good things, as David wrote. But then I, I, as I read the psalm, I start to think, maybe David then, he's thought about Goliath, and he's thought about being anointed king, and he's thought about the great victories he's had. He's, thought, he's remembered the healing power of God. He's remembered the anointing, and then he probably came to the point which was his lowest moment as he's looking back at his life. 
And he probably remembers the time in what's recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 11. And I'd imagine that David starts to well up a little bit at this point. I could be wrong, but I'd imagine he's looking back at his life. And in that moment, at the time when kings went to war, David was in his palace and he saw this woman bathing on a roof. And he saw her and he, he, he asked who she was. And the messengers came back to him and said, well, she's married to one of your soldiers who's out on the battlefield. And at that point, David could have and should have said, okay, enough. God gave him an out because there's always a way out. But David and his failure and his weakness and his humanity took Bathsheba, as she was called, and he had sex with a woman who wasn't his wife and she was married to someone else and sent her away. And then the word comes back to King David that she's pregnant. This is an opportunity for David to own up and say, do you know what, I've messed up, God, I'm sorry. But what David does is he calls his soldier back from the battlefield and asks him to sleep with his wife to cover up this pregnancy, to explain it away. Because you can never explain away your sin. But this man, this man Uriah, who's so honorable, refuses to do it because it would dishonor God and it would dishonor those he was serving with in the military. So David, to cover up his failure, pretty much arranges for this guy to go in the worst part of the battlefield. He, pre- he doesn't quite commit murder, but he makes sure this guy's going to die. He plans his execution effectively, all to cover up his sin. And I think David's looking at this moment with tears in his eyes, remembering his failure, the worst thing he's ever done in his life. And he probably feels, he starts to feel the shame, he starts to feel the guilt as he's writing, he's welling up. And then he remembers that as far as the east is from the west. That's how far God has removed my wrongdoing from me. Not because of my goodness, but because of his goodness. Because of who he is. And David starts to write and he's welling up and he's just like, God, bless the Lord, oh my soul. How could I not worship the God who forgives? You see, you may be watching this and you've never, you've never murdered someone, you've never had an affair, you've never committed adultery, but we've all fallen short of God's standard. We've all messed up. If God is perfect, I hate to break this to you, but you are not, so therefore you could never reach his standard. But Jesus came lived a perfect life like we could never do, died on the cross but was raised to life so that you and I can live in forgiveness, so that you and I, everything we've ever done wrong can be removed as far as the east is from the west away from us. That doesn't count against us. And so if you've ever been forgiven by God, if you've ever messed up and you recognize God's forgiveness, right now I want you to worship him, I want you to lift his name up high, I want you to post in the comments about how thankful you are, why? Because we're remembering his benefits, you see it's all tied up in worship, whenever we remember the benefits of God, which is forgiveness and freedom and healing and provision, we can't not worship. I've got no choice but to worship. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You know, King David suffered a lot in his life. 
He suffered pain, tragedy, loss, failures, so many things that went wrong in his life. And the reality is we all go through times of suffering. We all feel the the pains of living in a, a fallen and imperfect world. We feel the pain of losing a loved one. We feel the pain of sickness. We feel the pain of disappointment. We feel the pain of rejection. We feel all of these things. We feel the suffering that everyone has always felt. But I asked Sean and Gary if they could sing that song, God, You're So Good Today. Because right at the end of this song, it says, should this life bring suffering, Lord, I will remember what Calvary has bought for me, both now and forever. God, you're so good. And when all is said and done is light in life, the greatest health matter that we can ever have, the only one that maybe matters is being right with God. It's coming into the place where our sin, our transgressions, our mistakes, our failures are removed as far as the east is from the west away from us. That we step into what Jesus done for us on that cross and remember it every single day of our life. See, you can go through life chasing everything and people can favor you one day and not the other. But there's only one God who gives favor There's only one God who can provide. There's only one God who is able to heal. There's only one God who can save. And you may have never given your life to Jesus. You've never come into that place where you've been set free. You're not able to sing about what Calvary has done for you yet. And I want to give you, in a moment, the opportunity to step into that. So that you can begin your own story of saying, God, you're so good. But for the rest of us, I want to encourage you. Not, don't forget any of his benefits. We could be here all day talking about all the goodness of God and all the things he does. But don't forget them. Because when we allow ourselves to remember who he is and what he's done then we have no choice but to bless the Lord, oh my soul. So we don't look back and live where we used to be, but we live right now with the heart that says, God, you've always been faithful, you've always provided, and God, you've always been so, so good. But if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to know, I want to ask you, right where you are, whether you're at home, whether you're outside, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening from, I want to invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me and step into all that God has for you. It's quite simple. It just goes, Dear Jesus, thank you for setting me free. Thank you you for removing my sins from me as far as the east is from the west. Thank you for your goodness. I give my life to you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, whether it's the first time or the 100th time, 
We would love to connect with you. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching on Facebook, in the description for this video, there'll be a link that says next steps. If you click on that link, you'll be able to give us your details and one of our next steps team will be in contact with you because we want to encourage you and support you as you begin your journey with Jesus. If you are watching on our platform, you'll see there's a raise hand button. If you click on that, it will then give you the option to connect with us and you can fill out the same form. We are so glad and thankful for you. We're so thankful for the decision that you've made. You won't regret it. It doesn't mean your life will be better uh, immediately and all your problems will be fixed, but it does mean that you, well, it does mean your life will be better. Sorry about that. It just doesn't mean all your problems go away, but life with Jesus is exactly the way life was supposed to be. Now, I'm going to hand over to Sean and Gary uh, after Heather's explained what's coming up this week, and we are going to declare how good our God is, and we are going to speak it over our life. We hope you have a great life um, and have a great week, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>